1: Good morning. Welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your host Sunday morning, 9 to 10. We are always here on WBT Sunday from 9 to 10.
2: Well, Except on some special holidays and when the Panthers play it at, <laughs> yeah. at, at, at before 1. Pe- maybe. Like if they play a European game over in Europe or something, we kind of get moved off. What would you say about Peyton Manning? No, I, I did.
1: It's not like Peyton Manning. Nah, so we are... Gosh, the next, the next, the preseason is it next Sunday the first preseason game or maybe two Sundays? I think it's on the twenty first or twentieth. And so it's it's like in a couple Fridays football seasons here, which you know as a Clemson fan, I got to tie that in. I I kind of kind of partial to football season. You.
2: Yeah, actually, the Tar, Heels the Tar are gonna be Hill good Hill this year. On are on fire. Mac <laughs> Brown's in town, baby. Yeah, he's back. Look who's back. Hey, I, I think we should. I think old Mac shut some naysayers
1: up. I think he did too. I I, I believe. Actually, I know. I think Claremont Carolina is like preseason number fourteen or fifteen. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. Is that better than the basketball team? Ooh, ooh. Maybe you're a football We're in a transition now. period. That's what my brother always says when all Auburn- the Hubert. When Auburn has a bad football year, it's like, oh, we're a basketball school, anyways. I'm like, okay,
2: <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, man. I met Matt Darter the other uh, a couple couple weeks ago.
1: He's a nice man. He comes on here, doesn't he, TJ. He's a a WBT. Yeah, uh, I host think he has got a show right? Thursdays
2: on Brett Winterbull's show, and he's got a podcast. Are Does you he really? His, are you his engineer? Uh, not for his podcast, but when he's on with Brett, I am. Yeah. I man. I, I mean. Li- you know that he coached Carolina over twenty years ago, twenty or about twenty. Came years Came from Notre Dame before, before that, yeah. Uh, and, and man, he he just comes across. He's a humble man. Uh, kudos to him. Got some good stories. It's good to have him in
1: town. Now that is cool. I mean, what a. I mean, wasn't he played when Jordan was there? Right around the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he was on the night. So he won a national championship. eighty-two team. Yeah, uh-huh. That's not like. I a, mean, he was going to be the guy that took the
2: shot. Against Georgetown, but but Jordan Ball hauled <laughs> like he did his whole career. <laughs> yeah. My gosh, Michael, can you pass the ball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed to work out for him. Okay, so, so so check. I got a story about Jordan. So check this out. So Ford six, and and we go to the beach, and and Reagan's trying to get him to learn how to tie his shoes, and and. She's also, man, I mean, he's, his shoes, he's got all these old Sacconis and stuff look like little pops, uh, these, <laughs> these faux shoes. Uh, I try to, I, you know, I, I think I've said this before, I kind of keep my nose out of Reagan managed in the household because I'll start nickel and diamond and put knots in my belly. I'll have ulcers. I'll be in the hospital. Uh, so I just kind of stay out of it. But Reagan was trying to be That's efficient why. and order some, <laughs> some. you know, some coming around, got school coming up while we were at the beach and, and ordered him a couple pair of shoes. She's asked me, she's like, you like these? I'm like, how much are they? Oh, dude, six. His growth foot's growing like a weed. He leaves him outside at the trampoline. I mean, I'm not. A... She said, "Just hush." <laughs> Do you like him? So we got him. So we got him. You know, uh, some cool and a pair of saconis and, and, and New Balances. And on that trip, so she ordered them. Whatever, everything's online. You know, and that's how yep. you shop now, right? Which is so efficient. And uh, and she ordered them, and. Uh, basically got his new shoes till Christmas, really. He'll he'll have them torn up and grow out of them by Christmas. And uh, he learned to tie a shoe on that trip. And he knows how to tie a shoe now. So that was what he was working on. He didn't have his new shoes while we were on the trip. They were being shipped back to Charlotte. And uh, that was probably a month ago. So, like, last week Ford is throwing a fit in the car. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop, boy tighten that lip and uh i said what is he fussing about she said he wants a pair of jordans and i love jordans and had a Heck bunch of pairs yeah. of jordans yeah and I was, but i was like he just got i went off on my soapbox he just got two new pairs of shoes and da da. What's? The... she said i'm not buying them she said the problem is i told him once he learned to tie his shoe i would buy him a pair of michael jordan's I said, you just bought him – she said, well, I bought him those two pairs thinking he wasn't going to still learn to tie a shoe for months and months, and he learned to tie a shoe like a couple days later. I said, what are you doing? She said, we waiting for Christmas, boy.
1: Oh, I'll tell you, i got three things from your story there. One is I like how you rationalize how you get yourself out of stuff around the house because you don't want to get – that was pretty good. I got to use that one. (laughs) I always say the same thing about doing dishes in the laundry. I'm like, I'll just mess it up. I mean, I I don't want to do it wrong. The second thing is when you said mini pops, you're talking about your dad because yeah. Ford looks exactly like your dad. I mean, it's uncanny. And the third thing is I remember getting my first pair of Jordans. I, it was a consolation prize. We got tickets to watch when I was a huge North Carolina basketball fan to go to the North Carolina Georgia Tech game in Atlanta. There were two tickets, and my dad took my older brother. But I got the consolation Carolina Jordans back in the day, which was like, I mean, you were straight balling when you wore those things. I in mean, school. I
2: first started buying Jordans in the sixth grade, and I had my first pair in the sixth grade, and I wore them uh, all through oh, yeah. past college.
1: I mean, I well, I don't know if you wore sixth grade, your foot must have never grown, but I, I would have when I first got those, I mean, that was a big deal, right? Oh, it was. It was awesome. It was huge. There was nothing I got him at Flight kid.
2: 23 on, in Freedom Mall. Mine was at Foot Locker somewhere that was in Maryland. The Michael Jordan shoe store. <laughs> Flight it. 23, Freedom Mall. And I swear I got my first Jordan autograph. Uh, nah, man. It's cool to see the kids like Jordan. Yeah. And it's cool to see Jordan still out there and and, and doing his thing. And, uh, you know, he owns the Hornets and stuff. But, but I'm not shoving. My childhood loves and stuff down their throat. I want them. But it's cool that they, they kind of like it. Piper has a pair of Jordans as well. Uh, she's kind of a little, little athletic hip hop uh, of, my, of my girls. Um, but anyway, yeah, man. That was the good old days. That was good old days. And it's Any, mean- Anyway, Ford didn't get in a pair of Jordans till Christmas. And Reagan said he does have a point. <laughs> I said, well, you yeah. didn't. We need to put some stipulations get in these contracts. Get him the Jordans and move. No. Come on, man! Man, the kids can't have. He's he's six. eBay, get him a used pair. All right, <laughs> what are we doing here? We we've had some local homeboys on the show the last couple of weeks. Bruce Doan was on last week talking about stuff. Now we're gonna have a homeboy down hanging from Alabama. We got Chip Shram. He's one of my YPO buddies. He's got great stories, lots of fun, wonderful guy. When we return,
1: you're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the first segment, you would have learned that Clemson is preseason ranked higher than North Carolina in football. But now we're talking about a little about football and amongst other things. If you missed the first segment, go back, check our podcast. Trent, you looking at me like you got something you want to say? I don't know. I'm just curious. Uh, Chip Schram is Chip, our guest. Yeah. Hey, Chip, how you doing, buddy?
2: Doing great. How y'all doing? Doing great. We're doing great. I just want to know how many pair of
1: Jordans you had over your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, we ended with Air Jordans, Chip.
0: <laughs> Air Jordans, man. My my basketball career span. <laughs> from the 8th grade to the ninth grade, <laughs> so, you know, I didn't burn through too many of them in my, my two years of uh, basketball glory, but I do love basketball. Uh, I'm a big fan to, to spectate these days. There
1: <laughs> you go. Hey, man, my basketball career kind of ended in 8th grade, too. I never forget getting cut by the 8th grade team. That That's about, that's hard to come by when you're a kid that age. That, that hurt. That one stung. But then I became a spectator like you. <laughs> but, uh, no, so Chip, you hail from Birmingham, Alabama, right?
0: Yeah, I've lived at Barham about 20 years. I uh, was born and raised in Mobile, uh, you know, down right on the Central Gulf Coast.
2: And where did he go to school, Pastor? We had this
1: conversation off I there. I asked him how he got to Rhodes College, our, our high school football coach. How uh, did you get to Rhodes College? Yeah, would like to Chill. know that.
0: Yeah, that's no, an interesting story. Um, it was on my radar along with a bunch of other places I applied senior year in high school, uh, including some places I looked at uh, near y'all in the Carolinas. And then kind of at the 11th hour, Rhodes offered me uh, an academic scholarship. So uh, I went up there toward the campus. It looked really nice, decided uh, something I could see myself doing, and uh, then traded the uh, academic scholarship for a new car from my parents. So uh, kind of my my first good business deal executed right there. Way to go, man. That's first class,
2: Chip. I, I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and my brother went to East Carolina. He's older. He spent a little extra time there. my sister went out of state to college of Charleston, and, and, and I got out of school in four. And I went to my dad and said, "Hey, man, I think you might owe me a little bit of money." <laughs> he
1: didn't. Yeah, I, my my first business deal didn't go well. <laughs> hey, man, they always say you got to fail a couple times before you succeed. So that I mean, maybe that was just what I'm was happening there. Still
2: working on it. So, 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 Chip. Uh, Tell us about your. Tell us about your. Uh, your 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 upbringing, your life, and how it led to wh- where you're at now, and and how we know each other through the Young Presidents Organization.
0: Sure. Um, well, I also run my family's business, Turner Supply, uh, is a four generation family business, started by my great great uncle in Mobile back in 1905, mm. and. So my, my upbringing was growing up down there, and, you know, my first jobs were working in our warehouse because uh, we're a, a wholesale industrial distributor. And so, you know, I, I learned to drive a forklift and unload 18 wheelers and, you know, move the merchandise around in the warehouse uh, in the uh, the cool, cool climate of, uh, you know, South Alabama summer. And uh, just kind of, <laughs> you know, got exposed to the business from the ground up and, uh, you know, kind of came up through the ranks that way. Um, so, you know, kind of a, what I guess would be a, a somewhat typical family business story.
1: Well, Chip, I also started my career in wholesale distribution, and I uh, I worked at Ferguson Enterprises, and those that are familiar with the industry. They had a wonderful training program back then, and that's that was the deal. You worked in the warehouse for two months. You worked on the city counter for four months, if they had the time to keep you there, and then you bounced inside sales. You kind of learned the whole the whole side of the business, and day one. It was not as hot as southern Alabama, but they were like, hey, see that water heater truck? Go unload that with a hand truck. And I like, okay. oh man, okay, here we go. You're done with that. And i like, that's ah, a good day, guys. And it's like, all right, here comes the cast iron bathtub truck. Get that one next. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there go three kids that are out immediately. So I, I know that that warehouse work in the summertime, that that's some hot stuff there. I, I don't remember ever being in that good of shape.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's, it was definitely character building and, and gave me an appreciation for all the different aspects of our business.
2: So were you, so you, did you work during the summers and stuff when, when you were, what,
0: 14 years old? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they did give me the, the very, very first summer before I could even drive a car. I think I had like maybe a data entry job be, in the yeah. office that was not in the warehouse. But the rest of it from that point forward, yeah, it was uh, summers in high school and college. Working in the warehouse, and uh, you know the last, I guess, what I would call summer job I had in the business. I, I worked my way up to the sales counter, uh, which was uh, in an air conditioned part of the the corporate. Office. So I I had, I had earned earned that. That's but, big uh, but time. That it was uh, mostly uh, manual labor in the warehouse. You,
2: you knew how to use carbon paper back in the day. Oh man, I had <laughs> some of that for sure. Well, well, uh, he was working quote remote back then. Yeah, he he wasn't working.
1: <laughs> well, well, I do have to say, hey, I'm going through your, your your core values on your website. I love them all: empowerment, development, execution, teamwork, innovation, leadership. I mean, I, we have a similar one, similar set of core values. But uh, talk about empowerment—that—that that, I love that word. Uh, and you have a nice description on your website about you know the trust that you all have in your in your associates.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to look that up because our core values are something that like we just talk about on a daily basis with all our team members, all our suppliers, and and even all our customers. And empowerment specifically speaks to the fact that we're going to give our team members the tools they need to do the job and the training they need to do the job, which also kind of touches on the development core value. But mostly that we're going to make them have the confidence that they can do their job and we believe in them as being a critical part of the success of our organization
1: now that that's really good so we our core focus is empowering our family to build relationships for life and that empower word I mean we, we took, went through as a leadership team and really like honed in on what that word meant to us being you know a very entrepreneurial type business but it's cool to see other people using that same word and we always tell our associates I don't know if it's similar it, it, your business as ours is Hey, look, make a decision as long as you don't lie, steal, or cheat. If your part was in the right spot, no one's going to get mad at you for making a mistake, but know that you had that ability. To just make the decision, um, and it looks like that's your very first one on the list, which is obviously that's a big part of your culture.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when our customer-facing employees are, are working on a project and, you know, have to make that decision, I mean, as far as the customer's concerned, they they might as well be the president of the company. They're, yep. they're not thinking about me. They're thinking about whatever team member is responsible at that moment.
1: No one wants to hear, let me go call my boss. Ooh. You know, I mean, they don't want to hear, you don't want to hear that if you're being sold something, do you, Trent? I mean, it's like, it makes me think of the car dealership where, you know, when you're negotiating a deal oh. and they're like, hold on, let me go to accounting, see if we can do this deal. And it's like, come on. Like, I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes while y'all talk about last week's baseball game and you come back and tell me no. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they do? <laughs> I don't know. Have you sold car? Have you done that? I just imagined. Oh, man. We
2: had <laughs> Jeff Clark in here last, week, a couple weeks ago, talking about selling cars. Man, leave that guy alone. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, go look it up. It was awesome 2 weeks show. ago chip. Yeah. Jeff Clark is 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 an OG YPO or hailing from uh the Triad area and he he he's got a former banking life and now he's he runs a car dealership vertically integrated. Really cool. Give him a plug.
0: Yeah, I know the automotive industry is uh it's a crazy place right now. We we actually uh serve the automotive OEMs okay. and uh, their suppliers is kind of a key part of our our business and, you know, the microchip shortage and, and all of that's got the entire seven. industry kind of turned up on its ear.
2: Well, I want to hear about that when we return. I want you to define what OEM, because we've had Brian Ferris on here, Ferris Fabrication. He he makes metal parts for OEMs. We'll do that when we return. I want to know now, how did you, did you go straight from college back into the business? A oh, Good
0: question. No, I didn't actually. Uh, I, I just kind of thought that it would be cool and and valuable to have maybe a few other experiences before I went back to the family business and I had a passion for media and advertising. So I went straight out of college to a family-owned publishing company, Um, got a little bit of experience there, uh, dabbled a little bit in uh, internet advertising there. Um, That uh, Got some interesting experiences because it wasn't a terribly well-run business and eventually folded. So that kind of gave me some experience of maybe I probably ought not to do things exactly like that. But then I had another opportunity to move from Memphis to Atlanta, where I worked there for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which at the time was the biggest daily newspaper in the Southeast, I believe. And I was a shared property between them and (laughs) Autotrader.com, because they're both owned by Cox Enterprises. (laughs) And so I had kind of a a sole-focused mission on selling automotive advertising on the internet to car dealers so i drove all over the highways of atlanta through all that crazy traffic knife trading with car dealers which is kind of where i learned to to really negotiate um and and got some exposure to the automotive industry uh, as well so uh, i did that up until about 20 years ago uh and i talked to my dad and we agreed it would be a good time to come back to the family business uh, at that time
2: man i mean i always talk about how much you learn about people i hang out yeah,
1: right?
0: chip
2: and i hang out a good bit on we go on these big three trips and stuff uh it's so cool to hear these stories chip will you hang hang around and, and we'll jump into what turner supply has done for the last 116 years and how that business has evolved and and how it relates to to the day's world yeah absolutely chip shram you're listening to at home with roby
1: Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Segment three, Chip Schramm, Turner Supply, Birmingham, Alabama. If you missed the first two segments, hit us up. First segment, we had an in-depth conversation about the impact of Air Jordans to Trent and his family and us <laughs> growing up. Um, but then we got joined with Chip from uh, from Turner Supply. And uh So, Chip, you were hustling, like, Delk Road back in Marietta. That's where I grew
0: up. I'm just trying to remember where all the car dealerships were. Um, Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, man. My territory was so big, it was, like, eight or nine counties, literally outside of 285, Cobb, Gwinnett, Fulton, all the southern suburbs. I mean, it was Dang. it was crazy uh, how far I traveled to uh, call those car dealerships.
1: No, and I, I grew up in uh, in in Marietta, East Cobb area. Then my dad worked in Norcross, which I mean, like that commute, I think about drove him insane. Um, I mean, the traffic. Everyone always say, you know, Charlotte, where we're from, is a mini Atlanta, and it's like. Ah. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But uh, you were getting in. I think you were going to ask him about sort of. You know, it was kind of get to the point where now we're, we did the online advertising, which in two thousand, I mean, there wasn't a lot of online advertising. I guess it probably wasn't like it is now. Uh, but you were working for the journal, Atlanta Journal Constitution, and Auto Trader, which was all in by Cox. And then you and your dad had the conversation. He said, "Boy, time to come back to the family business."
0: Yep, that's right. Yeah, so I came on back, and and really, I guess, probably, you know, the the biggest uh, mission I've been on ever since, and I'm not sure it'll ever stop being a mission, is just trying to find ways to be entrepreneurial in a 116-year-old family business. Trent, you know, a lot of the guys that we're friends with in YPO, they're they're entrepreneurs, and they start businesses, they sell them, they start a new one something new the world's never seen so trying to find a way to do that inside a business that has been existing for a very long time uh that's kind of been one of my main missions work on
2: i love that uh i mean and 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 it's a two double-edged sword because you don't want to get caught on fads and you don't want to change what you're doing when it's working you don't want to sacrifice the quality that you're delivering and what what you're doing good at beforehand uh and it can go it can go awry. Why don't you talk about how, uh, first off, let's talk about the industries that y'all supply.
0: Okay. Um, you know, we've worked really hard to be diverse in that aspect. It was kind of one of the things that I noticed when I came back to the business 20 years ago is that we were heavily relying on one industry, and it was an industry I, I didn't see as much runway for growth as some others. So. We really diversified into automotive about the time a lot of the um, automakers, as they call them, were moving to where we are in uh, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Mississippi. Um, And so that includes German, Japanese, Korean. Um, A lot of the names you recognize driving up and down the road. Um, Aerospace has become a bigger part of our business um, as aerospace things kind of surrounding NASA and, uh, you know, the defense industry in northern Alabama have grown up around that. And then Airbus uh, opened a big plane for a 320 airplane down in Mobile. And so they've had some suppliers come in to support them as well as their first manufacturing facility uh, in this part of the world. Um, and we've done some things uh, into uh, firearms manufacturing, both for civilian and military. So we're trying to focus on industries that are sort of advanced manufacturing, that, you know, have high technology, that have a low risk of being, you know, outsourced to China and that kind of thing.
1: Man. No, I mean, that that's awesome. And you were kind of going in, uh, I mean, just for, you know, we could obviously go check your website, but what are you supplying? What all things do you do you all supply to these different industries?
0: That's a great question. Uh, it's a pretty diverse spectrum of industrial tools, equipment, safety supplies. You know, we tried to diversify ourselves on the supply side in the same uh, spirit that we tried to diversify on the customer end market side. And so, you know, anything from mechanics tools and power tools to engineered cutting tools to, you know, cut parts on computer-controlled machines, Uh, And we even have some niche parts of our business that are a little bit different than some of our competitors, like a conveyor belt shop for rubberized conveyor belt. It's almost like a fabrication shop down at our corporate office in Mobile. And we have even have a reliability group, which sells mechanical seals and things for uh, fluid control, which, again, is a little bit different than most of our competitors, but something that gives us uh, a niche to do some things that other people can't do for our customers.
2: I hear you, man. That's awesome. That's why when you look at, uh, uh, you know, I I read about you here, available 24-7, our team will work to specify tooling or supplies, eliminate waste or redundancy in inventory, and utilize the latest developments, products, and systems in the manufacturing process. So you're not – you're working with these factories – that run twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. They're niche products, and and they can't go down. It's yeah. crucial. You're on you're you're on the critical path side of, of of the manufacturing business.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times customers are, are relying on us to to keep their business running. Um, sometimes it's with products, other times it's with services and technical support. Um, And a lot of times the things that we sell to our customers, they may not even necessarily be expensive kind of on a a one-piece-at-a-time price. But if we end up dropping the ball and letting them run out, you know, it could cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost production time. Or sometimes when I think about, you know, some of our customers, say, in firearms manufacturing, we have a customer that makes 50-caliber sniper rifles for the military. And if we provided the wrong cutting tool, you know, to cut the parts, you know, and have that gun misfire in combat, that, of course, would have, you know, terrible, disastrous consequences. Oh, so, you know, we, we take, you know, serving those guys is a very serious commitment and something we're really proud of.
1: No, that's, that, I mean, that's hard to even think about. I mean, just how precise of machinery you're talking about. I mean, I never even thought about a gun and having one piece cut. I mean, what the catastrophic things that could go wrong there. And, uh, no, I, I think that's really cool how you, you can ba- you can tell that story to your team, right? I mean, how accurate you have to be and, and what, I mean, you almost have to be perfect in that situation, right?
0: Yeah. We, we try to make our team members, you know, embrace the fact that, you know, what we do really does matter sometimes yeah. when you're in the trenches and you, you don't necessarily see what the final impact is of, of the work that you do. It's, it's easy to lose perspective, but, you know, we try to make everybody feel like their jobs are important and their work is important no matter what their job is here at our company.
2: So, Chip, how many family members are still in the family business?
0: In terms of the family that is my family, that is our ownership, it's uh, just me and my father. Um, We've always had a small family just, you know, by coincidence. And so the actual people of my family are small, but the kind of the interesting thing of it is we've had other families outside of our family work in the business, not necessarily owners or or shareholders, but um, our Montgomery branch. The branch manager and the assistant branch manager, father and son, uh, had a VP of operations whose brother was our purchasing manager. They both since retired. Um, but there's a lot of interesting stories of multiple family members coming to work for our company. And, and you know, recruiting other family members because, you know, they liked working here and, and thought it had a real positive family environment. So without having a lot of the the dynamics that maybe you would be if I had sisters and brothers and cousins in the business, I have kind of a little bit of a different spin on it with having other families work in the business with us.
1: Well, it is a family. I mean, Annette, we kind of did this core values exercise with our team, too. And then our number one core value for our company is similar to yours was family. I mean, that's what, that's what our team told us was, was what they valued so much about our company. And what you're saying, I mean, Trent and I are both shaking our heads. I mean, that is so cool that you have, that people think so much of your business that they bring their, their immediate family in to work with you. I mean, that, that's that got to feel pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to chime in. I mean, we're truly a family business, and it's not because my granddaddy worked for Mr. Roby and my daddy and, and me and my brother. It's because of you guys, Patrick, and your team and 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 we're a family environment and we want to recruit family and we talk about all the time we want generational employees generational these guys uh, are doing it partners and and that wasn't a setup chip i didn't know you were going to go there with that uh but that's awesome man uh Go ahead. I didn't know th- I didn't know
0: your story either, man. That's great. We're, we have even more in common than I realized.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll give you my story about two in the morning one night when Audra let's let's Reagan and Audra let us stay up a little bit. Uh, well, all right.
0: Uh, I have a feeling it'll happen,
2: Chip. Why, why don't you uh, give your your business a plug here? And it's been wonderful, wonderful chatting
0: with you today. Yeah, it's, it's been so great to talk to y'all. I really appreciate y'all having me on. Trent Patrick, it's been, been an honor, and, uh, you know, we just, we love what we do, and, you know, we've invested a lot uh, in our company in terms of technology, especially our e-commerce website, and uh, we serve customers all over the country with that. So it's been a fun ride and look forward to doing it here for, you know, the foreseeable future for a long time.
2: Uh, Chip Shram with Turner Supply Company, hailing from Alabama. You're
1: listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back, Dad, home with Roby. I'm Patrick Mckayzick from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. I think Trent's sleep Trent, you. I love the jam TJ's with bringing me? on. You with me?
2: I love TJ's jamming. TJ, I'll tell where you. do you
1: find this music?
2: Um, on a uh, station-approved, podcast-approved website
1: got to get that approval man it's important yeah he I won't make play sure, my music i gotta <laughs> make
2: sure they don't take y'all down my lp oh yeah they might Tr- trent daddy lp <laughs> eric church may come hunting for y'all ah uh, yeah i don't need ter- <laughs> listen that <laughs> money i cause
1: enough trouble i don't <laughs> yeah. need
2: i don't need somebody i like hunting me yes
1: you have but let's talk about chip fram man he's awesome isn't it 118 years in business? No, sixteen. 116. I thought you said eighteen. But what I what I liked what he said was trying to find entrepreneurialism in a business that that's it's that old. And it sounds like he's done it several several and times. And it's a over. distribution business.
2: I mean, which is you bring you one in, think, you bring one out. You, just you bring like, one in, you like, bring one out.
1: How do you grow that? He
2: talked about he was one industry specific twenty years ago, very heavy one industry. Yeah. I mean, really talking about put making yourself needed. Uh, my wife's dad, uh, Wes w- was in the, uh, when I, when we started dating in high school, he was in the, the air freight shipping business, uh, in ground shipping. And it was, it was, I don't know that much about it, but I know his business was over by the airport and they sold the business, but it was all need based items, critical path items that if, if they didn't have it, the. Every every second, they weren't running a running an Was assembly a line yeah. or
1: something,
2: which you find that when you get a, play, start playing with the big boys.
1: No, I mean, in in that type of business, I think Chip seems to have done a really, really good job of the way he explained the, the ramification of that, which he just said, especially when he referred it to the firearm and the military, that if we don't get the right part, they don't make the gun properly and something horrible could happen. I mean... This could be a guy that's new to a warehouse. Is what I'm envisioning. He's like, man, this is just a widget I'm throwing into a box. Who cares? Yeah,
2: like somebody throwing around a a pipe fitting at, at a warehouse where we would get stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, bad night. Wife hit me. No, I'm kidding. That was that was. That a was
1: joke. I, I, remember, I mean, being in wholesale distribution. That that was. That was the worst, is like, you know, you, everything is sequential, right? Like, this has to hit here in order for that to happen, then this to happen, and this to happen, and when something comes in incorrectly, it's like that, that I think Visa or MasterCard, one of them did that commercial yeah. where the person pays cash, but that's what happens. It's like, Arr-r-r! the whole thing stops, and it becomes a, I mean, we deal with that in the construction world all the time, right? No,
2: yeah. I, yeah, we had a, uh, I had a handyman about every month, i get together with our handyman team, yeah. Jody Brickley uh is awesome she's wonderful by the way and we were talking about rocks and she said her new rock uh was on a job setup how many people have to touch it i'm i'm embarrassed to say this but i'm gonna be vulnerable seven people have to touch it on a job setup and she said her goal is to automate that process how about that i mean that's my goal but now she's saying it she's
1: and she's smart enough to do it with her team. Our team is smart enough to do it. But well, you said a key word there, a "vulnerable." I know that. That I mean, I think maybe we got that from Sandler back in the day. But it's a very big word. Most contractors, you know, well, what's that mean? No, I'm just joking. But, but that's that's the <laughs> truth, man. I mean, it's like how many how many how many problems do we have, or do people have, or businesses have, because of ego? They can't admit that. Hey, this might be a place where we can get better. And that's another thing I loved about his. Core values. The first one was empowering, and and you know we, we sat around a room for a while trying to figure out how do we capture the entrepreneurial spirit or what we have with our people, and that was the word that kept coming back was empo- well we're empowered. And well, it's like that's that's powerful. Well, I mean that's what yeah. I mean she
2: she was going through her stuff, and I would stop her and tell her a story that related to it. And my goal is I think I think in in the old school cultures or what have you and I mean, everybody expects when when the CEO or somebody comes in a room, oh, they're gonna give, they're gonna pontificate. No, yeah. no, no, I don't have the ideas. No, I said my goal. I said number one, I love spending time with you. We ate lunch. I love spending time with you and and hearing what's going on and hearing ideas. Uh, and and then if I can relate a history or a story that makes you think in a different way, that's why maybe one maybe all I got is one little nugget, and, and we spend some time together. Uh, so it, it's refreshing uh, the the team and the culture that we're building. Uh, I was telling Reagan that the other day. Um, I'll put our culture up against anybody's. Our people. So.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, I I completely agree, but it's not. That's on purpose, just because we work on it, and I think that's the important culture is something you got to. You can't ever take it for granted. And I, mean, I think we got a long way to go. I I, well, not on our
2: culture, but on on performance. It's, With both, it's, but it,
1: yeah, I know. I mean, I think we got a long way to go,
2: and that is not taking anything away from where we're at, but it's exciting, uh, it's refreshing. I mean, as Chip Shram would say, it's empowering. Boom, pow. You coming out on the lake this weekend, dog? I
1: might. We'll have to see. I mean, it. I was
2: riding around the old boat a lot of the other day, trying to find
1: your boat, man. So we 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 yeah, I love that. I love the river. I mean, you know that. I mean, it's amazing. I don't know if something out there that's I don't. I don't think it's the leeches gets into your blood. Um, it it is fun. We, to be cru- down there.
2: we cruised up to the dam. Just me and Reagan uh, didn't have. It was just Reagan, myself, and Knox and, and Wiley and reagan said it's so nice not having the kids say can we go back now because they don't like the cruise (laughs) that's what old people do but it was fun just smelling it um yeah man well hey we had trip chip shram today what what an awesome story both business and personal um i had a lot of fun and hope hopefully you go have a great sunday and go do the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated smile today You've been listening. Thank you for listening to At Home with Roby.